Hi, and welcome to the Masters of Growth show, powered by Iridion, um, the podcast with the intent to give you actionable advice to learn and succeed as an optimizer out there. My name is Tim Habig. I'm the director of Iridion, and with me is my fabulous co-host, Andre Morris. Hi, Andre. Hi, hi. Hello. So, um, as this is technically our episode number one, you might expect uh, an introduction about ourselves and the topic and what, why we're doing that. To uh, not waste your time, we uh, did a small shortcut to provide that. So by the time for during which this episode is already out, you will find an episode zero, which is a small introduction episode, either on YouTube, our YouTube channel, or the podcast feed, whatever medium you're choosing, uh, which gives you the, those background information of why we're doing that. Uh, so we can, can jump straight ahead into uh, actionable advice and the questions we got so far. So if you're looking for introduction and background, check out episode number zero. Today is all about getting right to the first questions. And um, Seems like we are optimizers. Seems like we're optimizing for progress and <laughs> results. And uh, with that, uh, I suggest we jump into the straight, uh, the first set of questions. Uh, small spoiler ahead, if you, if you want to submit any questions to us, there are two ways you can do that. Either you tweet at us using the hashtag MOG, Masters of Growth. Um, I'm at Habigt, H-E-R-B-I-G-T on Twitter, and Andre is at Morris, M-O-R-Y-S. Uh, submit your questions there, or the other way is you head over to our website, iridion.com, and use the little intercom chat option on the lower right to submit any questions. So, Andre, what kind of questions have reached us so far, and which one we want to discuss today? Um, yeah. One came in via Facebook, um, and it's pretty simple, and it's pretty fit, uh, matching the theme of our show pretty good. It is, uh, what is the actual difference between growth hacking and optimization? Wow, yeah. pretty religious, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, and, and I think it's, it's a valid question because it's, it's in the mind of a lot of people. And I think so many people have different ideas about what's conversion optimization. Some still say conversion rate optimization um, and growth hacking. So there's a tremendous amount of new growth hackers uh, on this planet. They all use little rockets yeah. <laughs> as a piece. Yeah, and hockey stick curves, yeah. I mean, I, I think conversion optimizers started with, with hockey stick curves. But anyway, it's, I think if, if you're clever enough, you see the advantages of both concepts. And, and what I see from, from the Facebook thread is that most people say, yeah, growth hackers, they, they care for like a bit of bigger part of the, of the value chain. So they, they're not just optimizing on-site, they're also uh, optimizing traffic and everything around traffic. I would say growth hackers, they, they make a deeper dive into a system. That's why they call it hacking, um, to, to get bigger levers of optimization. While, yes, of course, a, a good uh, conversion optimizer claims to optimize the on-site experience uh, mm. only. So, But if you're a good optimizer, of course, you also dig deep. And of course, you also care about traffic and where do users come from. So the difference might not be that big. And it's a question, what term attracts you better? Yeah, so, yeah. I think maybe from my perspective, what I would definitely say is that the rise of growth hacking as a term and maybe also like, like famous people in the realm of growth hacking like Andrew Chen, Sean Ellis, and like all those popular people, they at least help to get optimization also a bit more exposure within the scene in general, right? Yes, and it seems to be um, a term that is much 
um, associated with startups and Silicon Valley startups and some yeah. of these really tremendous success stories that they have. Yeah. So um, maybe it's, of course, that is one cr a, a critic I, I see in, in Facebook that um, when, I, when I ask people, what do you think um, is a growth hacker better to, to in, in providing, uh, compared to a conversion optimizer. Some people said, yeah, they, they're good in self-marketing, you know, and in <laughs> branding. So, of course, growth hacking seems tons more to be tons more, more shiny. attractive, shiny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to conversion rate oh, optimization. Well, That's what they yeah. did since 10 years, <laughs> isn't it? <Yeah. laughs> That's yeah. true. <clears throat> what, I also, what, what I found interesting, what you just said is that, like, that a growth hacker like digs deeper, like looks at a more like more overall mechanics mm -hmm. as well. I got you right. And I think what I saw as well, like, oftentimes is just from my perception that optimizers are more often in the realm of the marketing department, I would say, like regarding this on-site perspective. Mm -hmm. And what I see more that growth people are more like really in the one the product space, like further down the, the value chain, so to say. Product and tech, yeah, because I, I think because it is a lot driven by startups and their organizations are already um, cross-functional teams, uh, product teams. So, of course, the, the growth hacking is, uh, is a task that everybody has to do. Um, but from my perspective, there's also another difference. Um, I think, and that also came... Um, uh, came out when I asked the question, what's, what do you think is the difference between growth hacking and conversion optimization? It seems that a lot of people not just um, see conversion optimization as something for traditional companies, um, and of course there it would be the marketing department, but they see conversion optimization as a task that means implement a continuous optimization process mm -hmm. inside your company. While I think a startup with existing product organization already has that kind of thinking implemented inside yeah. the organization. So uh, it's it's a different perspective on the same topic. Maybe it has to do with different maturities of organizations. Yeah, and this, that would this, be my guess. This would be also explain why corporates are more reluctant to the term growth hacking. Now, like, oh no, not this bullshit again. While yeah. a startup is much more open for like, okay, let's let's hack growth, for example, because it's yeah. more, it's like sometimes it's essential for the survival of the startup and for a corporate, it's more like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like slow, substantial growth, yeah, linear. Yes. Um, but I mean, what probably both like uh, disciplines would, uh, would, uh, would agree on is like oftentimes what you hear is even for experienced startup marketers is that growth hacks on the other side are not really like, uh, how do you say substantial for like your long-term mm -hmm. success, right? They're one-time, one-time things, and then one, once I saw a nice curve from someone, someone at Shopify who was like, every growth hack gives you a spike, but then it falls back down, mm -hmm. and then you do the next growth hack, and you may get like an incremental higher result as from the growth hack before. Yes. But after all, like it's not a not a yes. uh, substantial improvement. True, but this is the same for conversion optimization. That's why I think. Um, actually, the, from a from a point of view of of the disciplines, what do you actually do? It's more the same than it is different. Yeah. It comes yeah. from different perspectives, so people associate different things. Um, but I also, when it's about the question, why do traditional organizations are sometimes so reluctant about growth hacking and mock even they mock themselves about the term? I think. 
this is typical and it follows a, a curve that we see a lot of time when it's about innovation. Um, and the, the curve uh, described in the Gartner hype cycle um, is also similar to psychological phenomenon when you see how do people deal with traumas, with losses. Mm. So there are seven psychological stages. And first is ignorance. And mm. then it goes on um, about um, uh, fear and sadness and all these different stages. I don't know them exactly. But it's mm. the same about big corporations. So first mm. thing is ignore that this is relevant for me. And this is the same for conversion optimization and growth hacking. Yeah. Um, but there will come the stage where they're sad when they miss this, the train, right? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And then the sadness comes is even bigger. Yeah, in the Gartner hype cycle, it's 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 called like the 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 slope of uh, disillusionment, right? Before yeah. you or no slope of enlightenment after you you went down the the disillusionment stage. So. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say, like maybe to close this topic off, like what you would say if you talk to companies or corporates, for example, and Maybe an individual marketer or a CEO asked you, mm. I want to set up a department or a role who's responsible for improving my, my growth numbers, my conversion mm. optimization. Would you, um, would you advise them on naming it growth marketer or growth department or would you rather mm. name it optimization manager or whatever? <laughs> I would, my, my advice be don't care about the name. Look, look at the ingredients and pick out what's relevant for you so you can improve because if you don't improve, you will die. So that's, that's my advice. And if, okay. you, if, you, if you already started dying because you care about the name, it's too late. It's too late anyways. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, let's jump to our second question, which we got in advance. And this one we uh, got from our colleagues at Wider Funnel, from Nick mm -hmm. there specifically. Um, uh, and Nick raised the question, uh, that, which they are debating internally as well a lot, is uh, how new checkout methods like one-click, pay or t even chatbot conversion funnels will impact our work as optimizers in the future. Mm. And I think this is like a very interesting thing because like for me, like optimizers most often work in the realm of the checkout process because there's where you usually um, or presumably can generate the biggest ROI of an optimization effort. Mm -hmm. And so now we see something like almost like a fundamental techno technological shift happening here in the checkout mm -hmm. area. Um, what have you encountered so far? What are your thoughts on this one? So I think first of all, um, when you're optimizing something, so it sells more, it, it's, it's all about your customer as a company. So if you think that you can use some technology to um, improve the quality of your relationship with your customer, it, it's good anyway. Mm -hmm. But I see there are two, two different facets in that question. And the other one for me sounds like what's about AI and machine learning and chatbots? So will machines automatically sell the stuff to our customers in future? Of course. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, a lot of people are scared because they're afraid that their jobs will be taken by robots in future. Mm. Um, and I think if you really understand that selling better means understanding your customers' needs, um, then I think it will be difficult for machines. But if you're able to operationalize that process into a software, into a chatbot, into a conversational, conversational UI, of course, then you will be able to scale that advantage. So we know it's all about scale. And um, 
So I think, yeah, I, I would start researching a lot on that effects. So can we reproduce the effect of building great relationships with our customers? Can we, can we operationalize that and let machines do at yeah. least part of the job? Mm. So I would say in the next two to five years, we will talk a lot about this. Yeah, I would also think what's interesting what comes to my mind when I look at uh, like the specific questions, for example, when he raises like implementing Apple Pay or something like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, like if, if one follows or if we take your argument in the first place, like we'll do it customer centric. And I mean, obviously, Apple Pay has proven to be something which customers care about. So it mm -hmm. might be a good idea to add, it, add this one to an experiment. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to be aware that once you would start implement a, a solution from someone like Apple, like you're really your optimization options really shrink because like mm -hmm. as far as I know, Apple defines even the color position and button of the Apple pay button in the checkout. Like it's always mm -hmm. a black button, the very bottom. So like you don't have much optimization potential here. I mean, obviously you mm -hmm. can tweak the button, but then you risk Apple blocking you for the payment method, <laughs> which is an interesting dependency to go into. Yeah. But I, I when you see it from the customer perspective, the universal principle that never changes, you know, we know Jeff Bezos said, base your strategy on things that are not changing. And the human brain did not change since 20,000 years. Mm -hmm. And what's one principle of the human brain? It's lazy. So why is Apple Pay good? Why, why, is, why is PayPal checkout great, especially on mobile devices? Because yeah. people are lazy and they will be in the next thousands of years. So, of course, make it visible in front and use that universal principle. But that's what I mean. If you see customer centric from a customer point of view a principle that you can leverage yeah. use it but start with a customer so yeah customers are lazy that's why we use apple pay that's why we might uh, a single page checkout might be helpful yeah. shopify does a great job in that yeah. um paypal checkout on mobile devices i i search especially for that i don't i yeah. don't buy at shops that don't have uh, uh paypal express checkout yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I, yeah, I don't it's, type in all the things on my little device. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I would never do. I think it's the only the only option if you want to compete as a standalone shop with like the Amazon checkout, where yeah. like where all your data is already there. So you need to like, exactly, exactly. From what we also would probably would advise for companies like, but before jumping on the uh, Apple Pay hype train, research your numbers. Like, do you actually have Apple users on your shop, or would you, exactly. would you rather look at Google Pay or Android Pay? Like, make it customer centric, or maybe even deliver the payment option depending on the device the user uses. Yeah. So think about that. But, but on the lowest level, the question is, how do we leverage customer needs with technology, right? Yeah. So, and I would say, first identify the customer need and then ask yourself what, what technology helps me to scale that. Yeah, yeah, perfectly. Great question, great answer. Great, and uh, now let's come to our third and uh, last question for this show, uh, which we reached also via Facebook, and it is, um, what are the three biggest misconceptions about growth hacking and conversion optimization you encounter when talking to startups or corporates? Yeah, that's similar to the first question, but I, I see people care a lot um, about that. So I, I think the, the biggest misconception is that growth hacking is for startups and, and tech companies and conversion optimization is for, for more traditional companies, right? And, mm. and, and of, of course, this is completely wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I would not follow that, that path. I would say every conversion optimizer on that planet should care a lot about growth hacking and how he can uh, learn from growth hackers to be a conversion optimi better conversion optimizer and vice versa. Um, 
So I think to, to stick with that terms is, is already a mistake. Um, yeah. yeah. But, the, but, but the question is, how can you educate especially traditional companies to, to, to be more, um, how do you say, uh, yeah, to, to see the advantages that they can have from, from startup mindsets and growth hacking philosophies, right? Mm -hmm. Traditional companies are so stuck in their processes and limitations and uh, policies and CI and legal and tech legacy, whatever. I would say, forget it. You, you have to change that way of thinking. Yeah. It's not a question of UX or um, tech or whatever. It, it's, it first starts with your culture and your mindset. And that's what conversion optimization and growth hacking have, have in common. You need a mindset where you look for for your chances and possibilities uh, instead of sticking with existing limitations. Yeah, yeah, I think one, uh, this one nails it pretty good. I think one one misconception I oftentimes come across is uh, that people think like doing incremental single A/B tests is like a growth program. Like it's like those <laughs> those single encapsulated tasks are like the yeah. part of the growth program. Um, so I think people are missing the point of like that it's really that it's not just a side task of one person that, that but that you really need like a mm -hmm. department or even like a dedicated resource to like mm -hmm. uh, which is also able to do continuous experimentation and continuous A/B testing to yes. see a mid to long term uh, success as well beyond those single spikes of a red versus green button A/B test. I would say conversion optimization is the art to deconstruct big projects in sprints. So you get agile, not just in the way you're programming stuff, you're, you're getting agile in also marketing projects. So of course, that's why it starts with marketing because marketing does that ridiculous big redesign projects with big brand agencies. And of course they fail. So with conversion optimization thinking and a redesign project, you get it agile, you, you deconstruct it into little sprints and you get it lean because you measure the, the outcome of everything. And you, you, can, you can use that, that principle to, to deconstruct every project. And, and projects is, is a project thinking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what makes uh, traditional companies die. So yeah, that's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's why conversion yeah. optimization is, is a good blueprint for copying the principle of agile and lean uh, and yeah. changing their way of thinking. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, do we have one more misconception which uh, occurs to you? That's something no, that's really I, I think that well. that's the most important. People should start with their mindset. And I, I see a lot of optimizers that struggle with the mindset of, of the overall corporations over their, their corporate culture. They, they, that, that's obviously their, their biggest optimization threat right mm -hmm. that they they have to to struggle with a with a culture that does not allow optimization most of the yeah. times yeah that's true great uh, i think we gathered some very valuable and actionable insights for our audience so uh really happy how this Hopefully. opposite went uh right so if you have any feedback on the show uh as i said in the beginning tweet at us using the hashtag mog standing for masters of growth On Twitter, uh, tweet at me, I'm at HabigT, H-E-R-B-I-G-T, or Andres at Morris. Shoot us your questions or your feedback. Um, you can also use uh, our website and the intercom chat on there, eReadio.com, to submit any questions. And uh, if you like what you've heard or saw, uh, we would really appreciate uh, you giving us an honest review on maybe iTunes, if you're listening to the podcast right now, or hit the 
thumbs up button below if you're watching us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel to watch out for new shows. We're currently planning a bi-weekly schedule. So looking forward to uh, discuss the next questions from you in uh, the next episode. So have a great time and talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye.